This is MPN. Welcome to Movie Matchup. I'm Casey. And I'm Grace. A podcast where we talk in-depth about two movies with a common theme. And at the end, we'll talk about menu items you could enjoy while having your movie marathon. Grace, what is this week's theme? This week's theme is Hell is a Teenage Girl. Yay! Yay! And <laughs> uh, our movies, well, our first movie, I think, Casey, you're going to take, take it away first yes, this time, right? Yes, uh, in chronological order. So we are doing for our first movie, Ginger Snaps. It came out in 2001. And a brief description of the plot when I Google it, I did not write it this week, is the story of two outcast sisters, Ginger, played by Catherine Isabel, and Bridget, played by Emily Perkins, in the mindless suburban town of Bailey Downs. On the night of Ginger's first period, she is savagely attacked by a wild creature. Ginger's wounds miraculously heal, but something is not quite right. Now Bridget must save her sister and save herself. Nice. And Grace, what is our second movie? And our second movie is Jennifer's Body, which was released uh, just nine years later in 2009. Um, and the summary for that, I also just, we're going to read from IMDb here because I didn't write anything. Uh, nerdy, reserved, bookworm, needy Lesnicki and arrogant, conceited cheerleader Jennifer Check are best friends, though they share little in common. They share even less in common when Jennifer mysteriously gains an app for human blood after a disastrous fire at a local bar. As Needy's male classmates are steadily killed in gruesome attacks, the young girl must uncover the truth behind her friend's transformation and find a way to stop the bloodthirsty rampage before it reaches her own boyfriend, Chip. <laughs> it's I... nice. It's a very uh, concise story uh, storyline there. <laughs> yes, plot description. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I could not believe how much these movies had in common, which maybe we'll talk right? about at the end. <laughs> Yeah, um, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it at the end. But yeah, yeah it had been a while since I'd watched either of these. I think I think I only saw Jennifer's Body in the theater, so this was the first time I'd seen it since then. And uh, yeah, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot. It is, yeah. So a, a perfect pairing. But um, yeah. okay, <laughs> so we will start with Ginger Snaps. So Ginger Snaps opens uh, in a backyard uh, in the town of Bailey Downs, and it's a mom and her small son are in the backyard, and the boy is playing with something and then you can see he gets blood on his face um and then the mom slowly goes over to check on him and she realizes that her small son is just playing with a dog severed foot (laughs) i can't which is a great opening yeah great movie opening (laughs) yeah we're gonna kill the dog right off the bat yeah this is not a good movie for dogs so (laughs) many dogs die in this movie as just a warning But yeah, so she goes to realize that her son is playing with this dog severed foot and then she goes to notice that their dog Baxter um, has been like mutilated, murdered. Um, And then she just runs out into the street saying, it got Baxter. So they're aware of something getting. This is not the first mutilated dog to be found in this neighborhood. Yes. So then we meet Ginger and Bridget who are, the way that they're talking, they're planning, it sounds like they're planning their own deaths, and they have this death pact that they made, but they made it when they were eight, uh, to, like, to go out yeah. together. And then uh, we... And they're sisters who are, like, yes. one year apart. So yes. They're very close in age, and Bridget uh, has skipped a grade, so she's, like, 
in the same classes, I believe, as Ginger. That's mm-hmm. why. Yeah, so she's 15 and Ginger is 16. Yeah. So because they enjoyed death and kind of like dark things, they uh, we then have over yeah. the credits them doing all these death photo shoots. Mm-hmm. Um, They're little goth girls. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I enjoy the photo shoot a lot. I think they yeah, did a good job. Yeah, it's a fun uh, way to do your opening credits, I think. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Uh, sometimes credits are boring, so it was very interesting. <laughs> yeah. The director, he didn't want any CGI in the movie, so mm-hmm. everything in it is like prosthetics and makeup and stuff, which I think really works. Because um, mm-hmm. it's not, you know, really terrible almost 20 years later when you're trying to, to look at something. Like, it holds up really well. Yeah. Um, and then, like, the two leads, they actually have a lot in common. They both auditioned um, on the same day. And they were born in the same hospital. They attended the same preschool and private school. They oh. are represented by the same talent agency. And they also played sisters in another Cinderella story. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. <laughs> I didn't either. And then I watched a YouTube clip of them in another Cinderella story playing sisters. And that's very different roles for them. I feel like they're very big and dumb. And they're just, you know. Right. I enjoyed it, though little clip that I watched. Yeah, I like both of them and I've seen them pop up in different things, you know, over the years since this movie. I think they've both, you know, have have made pretty good careers, working working actress careers for themselves. Catherine Isabel in particular. Um, what would you say is your favorite role of first Grace? <laughs> uh, you know, there's a show called Hannibal. <laughs> yes, I like Hannibal. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great show. And she's great in it as Margot. Yes. But yes, so and then um also, a lot of the the day shots in the film were actually filmed at night. So the crew had to bring in like an 18 kilowatt like lights to just kind of flood the locations so that the they actually looked like day, even though they were shot at night. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. I feel like that's not something you hear about very often, day shots being shot at night. Like, yeah. You're usually trying to make use of, you know, sort of the free lighting of the sun. Yeah. <laughs> when you're shooting in the day. Yeah. So, yeah. Huh. But so, okay, so we have our sisters, and then um, they're in PE. They're playing field hockey, so everything is just kind of different. I'm like, what is that? But um, <laughs> so they're, while they're smoking on it the, is a, yeah. it is a Canadian film. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes, it is. It is. Yes. So they're, they're playing field hockey, which is not something that I am used to, but I'm sure very normal. What things that aren't normal, again, uh, so there's three boys one being Jason, who's going to like play a role in the film, and the other two, uh, I don't remember their names, but his, his friends. They're just hanging out on the bleachers during school, as if they just don't have class. They can just hang out. <laughs> and they are smoking, and so are Ginger and Bridget, who are like they're sneaking it on the field. But still, I don't feel like I would be able to sneak a cigarette during PE and not have anybody notice. Yeah, that's... um. But, you know, we've got to establish that they're sort of outsiders and they're, uh, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah. They've got some edge to them. Yeah. Just something. I, you know. Yeah. So of the three boys, Jason, Jason is checking out Ginger. Because um, of the two sisters, we have, and maybe this will come up again later, we have one that is more dominant in the in the pairing. Mm-hmm. And she would be considered kind of like the hot, the hot girl of the yeah. two and then uh we have bridget her younger sister and she is more kind of like awkward and introverted 
and kind of, you know, follows our Ginger along like with kind of what she wants to do. Um, yeah. But so Jason is checking out Ginger in PE while they're playing field hockey. Ginger and Bridget, they have like this game where they kind of write obituaries mm-hmm. for for other people, it, it seems like. So they decide that they're going to write one about the popular girl at school, Trina Sinclair. And someone else overhears it and tells Trina about um, how they're talking about her. And so when they're playing field hockey... Trina decides that she's just going to push Bridget into just a dead dog that nobody noticed (laughs) on the field. There's dead dogs everywhere. (laughs) Yeah. And then one of Jason's friends says, that's the fourth dog this week. (laughs) So, so many dogs are dying. Yeah, maybe maybe don't watch if you have a sensitivity. If you regularly visit DoesTheDogDie.com, like, this is probably not the movie for you (laughs) (laughs) because they're everywhere. So right after that, we're still at school, and Trina just has her Rottweiler at school. Like, you can just bring a giant dog to school. (laughs) It's just at school. (laughs) But so she has her giant dog there, and then we meet um, Sam, who I guess would be kind of like the, our hot guy in the town, and he has a van. Again, Mm -hmm. we'll see if that comes up later. (laughs) Um, so you can tell that that popular girl Trina has a crush on Sam and Sam's not really that that he's also like he's older right he's he's like a drug dealer so he just kind of goes to the school to sell drugs to people is the impression that I got (laughs) yes yeah I feel like he's older but he's not that much older like he would be a similar age but he's probably just been graduated for like a couple of years or something Mm. Um, but so yeah so he is the drug dealer in the town that has a van and he's not that interested in Trina even though she is very interested in him and then Jason, who's on the bleachers, he um, asks out Ginger, and Ginger says no, because she's <laughs> not into him. And then we get to meet uh, the rest of the family. We get to meet the parents. So um, we're having our awkward family dinner right. with Ginger and Bridget and their mom, played by Pamela, played by Mimi Rogers, who's great, just because she's, like, oblivious and yes. a very positive person. <laughs> Um, she has these two like goth daughters that she's just trying to you know bond with all the time yeah Yeah. and then their father is just kind of like oblivious like he's just there he's just there yeah yeah Yeah. and it's really funny because they are always addressing things to their father and their mother is the one who will answer yes for them like he never really inserts himself into anything that's happening yeah yeah um but yeah, so uh, their mom tries to talk to them and they, they don't really like it. Ginger ends up leaving the table and that like uh, Pamela ends up making a comment about how Bridget, like they're not attached at the hip. So you know that Bridget is very much like a follower along like to Ginger and just kind of is doing what she's doing. And the parents, because there is someone out there killing all these dogs, Pamela doesn't want them to, to go out. And the father's like, where would they go? They never They never go out. And so, of course, what do they do? They decide to go out. Uh, (laughs) So they have this idea that they're going to steal Trina's dog. And then along the way, they find another dead dog. And Ginger, while they're there, she starts her period. She has her first period. And then because of this, and I guess the werewolf can smell blood, Ginger is attacked by a werewolf and taken off. And so Bridget starts to to freak out. And then... 
Ginger comes back and she gets attacked again. So Bridget's trying to help her by hitting the werewolf like with her camera and eventually the flash goes off which kind of scares it and they're able to to run away and so the werewolf is chasing them and they run um, into the road and out of the road where Sam's van was going by at the same time. So they miss the van but the werewolf runs straight in front of the van and Sam's van just kills the the werewolf. The werewolf. And I, I do like how they shot this whole thing it's early on in the film and so you know, we'll, we'll get to see werewolf, the werewolf later, but in the, throughout this whole thing, you're seeing just very quick flashes of the werewolf mm-hmm. who's done entirely practically then like in silhouette or, or just, you know, too quick to really make out what it is. So it kind of keeps it like scarier, I think. Yeah. <laughs> you can't quite see wh- what it looks like. Yeah. And even him hitting it with his van, it goes very quick. Like you see it, yeah. but it's, it's very quick. So you don't, you don't see a lot. So then they get home and Bridget's looking at Ginger's wounds and she can see that they're already healing, which is unusual. And Bridget wants to call <laughs> Classic 911. Classic werewolf. Yes. <laughs> and then Bridget wants to call 911 because it's, it's unusual, um, but Ginger won't let her call. So Ginger and Bridget go to buy tampons because Ginger has started her period and tampons this one the one that they're going to get conveniently comes with a calendar mm-hmm. <laughs> um which is helpful uh to bridget because she can then um track the full moon i guess you can track, <laughs> uh on it as well so yeah bridget meets sam and they I did appreciate in the i think it's in the, the tampons buying scene uh bridget is like sort of doubled over in pain and, or sorry, uh, Ginger is, and, and Bridget's like, are you sure that this is just cramps? <laughs> and Ginger says the words just and cramps don't belong in the same sentence together. <laughs> Which is nice. <laughs> yeah. It's a because good, it's yeah, it's a good, like, um, and I guess I should have said this kind of like up front, but this is kind of using puberty as a way to also be like transforming into a werewolf. So... Yeah, that kind of like goes throughout that that comparison. So then uh, Bridget meets Sam and they kind of talk because they both know like what werewolves are. And Ginger is currently getting high inside of Sam's van uh, with Jason and his friends. So then Sam catches them and wants them to stop doing drugs in his van. So he kicks them all out. But of course, since Sam is there, Trina shows up with her dog again um <laughs> and this movie again is is it's not good for dogs and it's the one thing I'll say about about these girls and they're not really dog lovers so I, I don't like that <laughs> but the rest of it I'm on their side but because uh Trina's dog uh is freaking out now at Ginger at, at, uh, Ginger yeah. yes because the dog can sense it Ginger kicks Trina's dog and in the, I don't know, kerfuffle? But in the little kind of like madness that's <laughs> happening at the time, uh, Bridget drops her papers that she has on the ground and she loses her picture that she took of the werewolf. And then they decide to go to the the school nurse. Mm-hmm. Um, because something something is wrong. Because it just kind of doesn't like seem right. So they're going to go and, and, and get advice for her about uh, Ginger's changing body 
Yes. So the school nurse thinks it's just normal puberty. Bridget even talks about like, you know, all the pain and growing hair. Uh, Mm -hmm. But she's, you know, just talking about it's all normal. It's all very normal to happen to your body. It's also a very like descriptive uh, talk about uh, the blood flow, which is (laughs) feels like. Yes, this this is appropriate for a horror movie, you know, because yeah. it's just really gross. <laughs> it is. I did not write that down because I did not want to repeat it, but, but yeah. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, and then and then she the nurse gives them condoms. Which I don't know again if uh kids were just giving out condoms in school. I don't think that, that was like a normal thing. Maybe in Canada, maybe, yeah. you know. Yeah. That's what producer Ryan thought was that maybe it was a Canadian thing. So you're allowed to smoke at school and not have class and bring your dog and dead dogs stay where they are. They don't get removed and you get condoms in school. What a magical land. (laughs) Their mom finds out that Ginger has started her period and she is very excited. And she bakes Ginger a cake. She like presents this cake to her. And like announces to the to the father that she baked her favorite because she's a woman now. Um, which Ginger does not appreciate. I didn't get a cake. Did you get a cake? <laughs> no, I no, I did not get a cake. <laughs> but maybe that should be incorporated that you get a. a I feel cake. like you should get a cake. Yeah, it's not it's not pleasant. You may as well no. get something out of it. Exactly. Bridget uh, is kind of like she's watching a werewolf. She's doing her research. She's um, watching a werewolf movie and she's like noticing that Ginger's razor has a lot of hair sticking out of it. She's looking at her calendar. We get kind of this moment where like because Bridget is challenging Ginger who's always the dominant person. uh, Ginger says to her like you always wanted to be me. I feel like there comes like a you know she says like a jealous comment like to her to kind of get out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we get our hot girl walk. Yes. <laughs> because now Ginger is different. Changes are, are really happening for her. So she's dressed different and she does like her, her hot girl walk. She's down the feeling house. like a confident monster. Yes. And <laughs> yeah. She's feeling good about herself. And we get a slow-mo walk down the high school hallway. Yeah. Um... And so while she's feeling good about herself, uh, Bridget's kind of on her own and Sam comes to to meet her and I enjoyed it. So he's like following behind, he's trying to catch up to her while she's just kind of like doing her own thing. And he's like, kid, you got to smoke? And she's like, no. And then he pulls a cigarette from behind his ear because he already has one. He's like, you got a light then? Like he's just trying to like get her attention <laughs> to get her to stop and talk to him. Uh, because he saw her photo of the of the werewolf, and yeah, I just I thought that that was again like their bonding. We're building like slowly yeah. that that their uh, like their friendship and stuff. So mm-hmm. I thought that that was was funny though, and so he returns her her werewolf photo. So um, Bridget is marking the days on the calendar in bed. She's like has the calendar hidden under her pillow, and she's like marking the days down. And she goes up to Ginger while she's sleeping, and she noticed that notices that ginger has started to grow a tail (laughs) some real some real changes it's just normal puberty stuff yeah (laughs) we all have tails (laughs) so then bridget tells 
uh, Sam um, that she was the one that was bit. And so they try to figure out. So now she's trying to, to solve this problem of what's happening to her sister. So they say that it's like a virus and they're going to try to find a cure. And he has a piercing in his ear. So he was told that because he was getting an infection in his ear to switch to silver jewelry. And he gives Bridget his earring. So she has something something to try. And he says, biology. Now there's something you can sink your teeth into, so to speak. Which I thought was was funny that he got excited about biology. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so now she's going to try silver to see if that works um, on her sister, who has become very horny. Uh, <laughs> and Jason is excited because now, um, I guess this affection is being returned. So they are in a car. Mm-hmm. And he, she's she's like the uh, the aggressor in it. Like she's really ready, yeah. and he's like wanting to like slow down like a little bit. Um, and you're not really sure how it ends. So right. she well, com- <laughs> well, like she comes home and uh, she has blood on her. So- yes, okay. I will say I when I watch that scene, I couldn't remember what happens to him later in the movie if he shows up again. So I wrote down rape or murder question mark <laughs> because it was one of those <laughs> yes yes so like she she comes home i guess um the actress jokes to her friend like the actor that played jason that she raped him in like in like but a she did. yes <laughs> i mean i guess he seems like he's into it later though like he's bragging to his friends and stuff like that so yeah eh. i yeah which yeah, maybe is I what mean, you say after he, he, he seems pretty terrified in in the scene in the itself. Moment. So. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, so she comes home and you're not really sure how that situation ended. And Bridget notices that there's there's blood, so she like follows her into the bathroom and Ginger is just covered in blood and she's vomiting into the toilet and she has long um nails now. Mm-hmm. And she says that she thought her hunger was for sex, but it's to tear everything into pieces. And so you realize that she didn't actually kill Jason. She killed Norman, um, the neighbor's dog. So, again, bad for dogs. Another dog, yeah. Yeah. What's the dead dog count now? Oh, gosh. Um, Three? Three on screen? Or not technically. Well, I guess the, the, you know, blood that's on (laughs) Ginger counts. Yeah. I I don't know. Because the guy at the beginning, you know, he says, like, the one on the field is the fourth one. Which right. is probably counting the the severed foot at the beginning with the boy. It's hard to keep track. And they seem like they're only killing dogs also specifically. Like not any other kind of animal but dogs specifically. I guess they're in the suburbs so there's only so many animals that are around for you to eviscerate. And yeah, that's true. And dogs are, you know, more substantial than cats. Cats more of a snack, I guess. Yeah, they'd be harder to catch too. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um... So then after that, Bridget pierces Ginger's belly button um, using Sam's silver earring. And she asks her, how do you feel? And Ginger says, wicked. (laughs) So Ginger is still continuing to change. Her tail is getting larger. And then Bridget uh, sees Jason at school. And Jason doesn't look great. No. Um, And you realize that because they had unprotected sex 
Jason is starting to turn into a werewolf. So yes, it's he's like he's caught like anthropy as like a, a sexual yeah like an STI yeah yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so then we're back on the 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 field of her, they're playing field hockey again, and Sam decides that he's gonna he's trying to talk to talk to Bridget, and Trina gets jealous, and so she pushes Bridget down, and Ginger's not having it now. Um, so Ginger just knocks her down and gets on top of her and starts hitting her in the face. So she's becoming more and more aggressive. (laughs) Uh, so Bridget needs to find a cure. And so she goes to Sam's and they realize that Monk's Hood is a cousin of Wolfsbane, except it's safe in small doses. He says it's a super oxidant radical detox, uh, and promotes white cell growth. So, yes. So that would be, uh, you know, like a cure or something to help fight it. The only problem is that it grows everywhere in the spring, but we are in like the fall winter. It, it ends up being Halloween later, so it's probably about right. October. So that's the only problem is that we can't get it because it's not spring. So then uh, Ginger is trying to shave her legs and she's having trouble. And it actually um, reminds me of cabin fever when when she's trying oh, to shave God. her legs in that movie. <laughs> so she's having trouble shaving her legs and she realizes that she has a, like a claw growing out of her foot. Mm-hmm. Um, and Yeah, there's some uh, some gnarly body humor in this movie. Yeah. Or, sorry, <laughs> some gnarly body horror in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> so th- yeah. Humor too, if you find tales funny. But <laughs> <laughs> well, Which I think they kind of are. <laughs> Well, Mimi Rogers, like their mom does come into the bath. She comes into the bathroom right after that while she realizes that she has a claw. And uh, she says, oh, it's nothing I haven't seen before. And she just <laughs> says, that's what you think. <laughs> so, um, so then uh, Trina comes to their house looking for her dog because her dog has gone mm-hmm. missing. She can't find it. And Ginger ends up like forcing her into the house. And is threatening her. She's, like, holding on to her and stuff like that. And um, so Bridget's kind of panicking because she doesn't want Ginger to do anything to Trina. And in defense, Trina grabs a knife because she rightfully so feels that she is in danger. But unfortunately, milk in a carton, not a bag. I would have hoped it would have been a Canadian bag of milk. (laughs) It was a carton of milk. Gets knocked over and Trina slips on it and hits her head against the counter and then, of course, like, in the panic of this horrible thing has happened in the kitchen and blood is just, like, pooling on the ground along with all the milk, the parents are coming yes. home. So <laughs> they have to quickly hide Trina's body. And then um, a great way to cover it up because you're like, how are they going to how are they gonna mm-hmm. get out of this? What are they going to possibly do? Uh, the parents come in and they pretend it's one of the fake death photos that they were doing at the beginning with Ginger yes. on the ground. And she Trina's off- body's gone, and we're not sure yes. where at first, but... But yes, so Ginger has taken the place of where Trina's body was on the ground, and then she offers um, her dad some of the blood, saying that it's corn <laughs> syrup. Uh. And <laughs> so since they uh, had gone grocery shopping, I guess uh, 
Pamela is trying to put the meat. And I call her Pamela because they call her Pamela. Mm-hmm. Um, they call their mom Pamela. But so she's going to try to put some meat in their freezer, which is where you realize that they have hid Trina's body. And to get out of Pamela yeah. noticing <laughs> that there's a it's dead. In like, it's in like the garage, like the giant freezer in the garage. Yes, the giant like yeah. long freezer. Yes. Um, yeah. So she's going to like put meat in there. And to get out of her noticing the dead body that is <laughs> in her freezer, Bridget says, what do men want? <laughs> and Pamela is so excited. She's so pleased. That, that she's asked. So she just has them sitting down with a plate of cookies and glasses of milk, which how is there any more milk? I feel like it was all on the floor with the blood, but they're drinking milk again. <laughs> well, she just came back from grocery shopping. That's so. true. There might have been more milk. And she's like, and that's what men want. So that uh, was probably a horrifying conversation that I'm so glad I did not need to have with my own mother. (laughs) So uh, once the parents have gone to bed, they decide that they're going to get Trina out of the freezer and they have to bury her. And in the attempt uh, to kind of like pick her out because she's now frozen in, she loses uh, two of the fingers. So two of the fingers break off. So then they go to bury Trina and... They decide that maybe Ginger shouldn't go to school for a little bit and they'll pretend like she's homesick. So Bridget goes to school. She's wearing a sweater also that looks kind of like a werewolf-inspired sweater. It's like a furry sweater that I enjoy. And she gets cornered by Jason, who is changing even more. He admits that he killed his dog. Um, And she seems like she's kind of in danger, but the custodian comes in. And so she's she's able to kind of... To get saved away. By the, saved by the janitor. Yes. Oh, Jason's also growing a tail. So he's killed his dog and he's growing a tail. <laughs> um, so then back at home, uh, Bridget realizes that her mom, who has like, uh, she's very crafty. They actually, there's flowers throughout the movie. When you first see her, she's pulling flowers out of the car. And then when they're in the kitchen, there's like dried flowers that are, are hanging and stuff like that. And so because her mom is into to crafting, um there's dried flowers on the table and Bridget says like where did you where did you get these and she realizes that it's dried monk's hood that she got from a craft store so we have monk's hood yay and then Ginger meanwhile is getting really concerned and she tries cutting off her tail is very large now and she's trying to to cut off her own tail because she's scared of what's happening to her and so (laughs) Bridget's even more motivated to to find a cure so then it's Halloween and Bridget decides that she's gonna lock ginger in the bathroom so she forces the door shut so that she can't open it and she goes to sam's uh to find a cure and they decide the best way to administer yes administer it is to uh to have it be injected so they make this antidote um and they decide that it's either going to cure her or it's going to kill her they don't you don't really know what's gonna what's going to happen but you know it's the best best idea that they have um and then while she's doing that ginger breaks out of the bathroom and then, because Bridget's at school, she sees Jason attacking a kid. I'm pretty sure that kid is dressed as a dog, by the way. He's, like, terrorizing this kid. Um, I didn't notice that. <laughs> so, yeah. So, Jason's attacking this kid, and Bridget kind of steps in. And in him then trying to, like, attack her, she injects him with the serum. And he seems to not instantly change physically, but mentally, he kind of snaps out of it. And he's like, I have to go. Um... I have a class like just all of a sudden it's just like okay I've got a he doesn't have werewolf brain anymore no but he looks (laughs) terrible but he still is just like hi you know I don't know he's got like 
maybe biology or something. So Ginger has broken out. She's on the hunt. She decides to go to school and... Looking very wolfy by this point. Yes. Yeah. And uh, she ends up killing a teacher. And yes, now her face is different. So they have like, uh, they've started to put uh, makeup on her and like her eyes are different now. So she's wearing contacts and stuff. Um, and then uh, back at their house, the, the dad freaks out because he sees fingers in the backyard. And Pamela instantly is just like, oh, they're fake. Like, and she just like, <laughs> picks up the fingers and you think like oh okay they've gotten away with it again because <laughs> you know they they're just they're goth and they're into taking those photos but she knows Pamela knows and she puts the fingers in a little Tupperware and then puts them in the refrigerator <laughs> <laughs> so she's on to them yeah uh so Ginger attacks the custodian um and then Bridget Bridget finds her uh and I guess, like, for the makeup now, I guess we're at, at a point probably here, like, right after that. Uh, it took seven hours of makeup. It took seven hours for Catherine oh, in, the, in the makeup chair. And then it would take two hours to remove the makeup every day that she mm-hmm. had to do it. Uh, but so Ginger attacks the custodian. Um, and you can tell that he's, or, you know, it's, he's going to be turned. But she ends up killing him anyway, so it doesn't really matter. So now Ginger kills the custodian. And... She's off to go to Sam's party. Sam is having a Halloween party at his nursery. So she's off to go there. The mom finds Trina's dead body. Uh, uh, And then she gets the van and she goes and she picks up Bridget, who's just kind of walking. Uh, So they go to Sam's. And uh, the mom is aware that something's wrong. So she's trying to have a heart to heart with Bridget. And just that, like, it, she's going to fix it. She's decided she's just, she's going to blow up the house. Yeah. <laughs> and the three of them can start over. This is one of my favorite, like, twists, by the way, of the movie, <laughs> that the mom is just like, okay, so my daughters have committed a murder. Yeah. It's going to be fine. We're going to fix it. <laughs> yeah. She's just very supportive the whole yeah. way through. Um, yeah. And, and Bridget asks, like, what about dad? And she says something like, oh, he won't get it. Or he'll say it's all my fault. <laughs> So it's just like, all right, so you're just going to skip town, leave your husband with your two kids and just continue on. So I do like that she's supportive of them, though, and it doesn't have to be like another another conflict yeah. in the in the story. <laughs> so Ginger, is, she goes to Sam's and because it's Halloween, people just think she has a great costume. They have no idea that that she's actually uh, a werewolf. And she goes there, and again, it's very much like the seduction slash kill. So she's yes. trying to seduce him, but ultimately she would end up murdering him. And she's she's been like kind of uh, she's been very antagonistic towards him this whole time because she thinks that he's like trying to get into her sister's pants. Yes, and uh, it's sort of like a it's like a, you can't quite tell is she. Um, is she protective over Bridget or is she like jealous that she thinks that this other guy is giving attention to Bridget instead of her, you know? Yeah. So. <laughs> and I. Then I, she goes and tries to seduce, seduce him. So. Yes. Um, so Bridget ends up arriving. Uh, she goes in and 
confronts her and she kind of tries to figure out the best way to, to solve the situation. So Bridget cuts her own hand and then presses it up against Ginger's hand so that now they have like shared the blood. So now Bridget will also become a, a werewolf mm-hmm. just to calm the situation. But she does say like, you wreck everything for me that isn't about you. Um, which kind of shows the the dynamic between them there. Um, so then she tries to leave and you don't really know what her plan is at the time, but then Sam tries to help her uh, and hits Ginger over the head. But her plan was to like get her back to the house because there's more monkshood at the house so she can try to, to cure them. So the plan now yeah. is that Sam is going to use his van to drive them back to the house. They're going to make more of the cure. Uh, then they can cure Ginger and then uh, Bridget can cure herself. So while they're driving... Ginger starts to change in the car. Well, they're both changing, I suppose. Bridget can feel it. So she's like not at her best. You know, she can she can feel something happening to her. So she seems kind of weaker than normal. And Ginger is just full on transforming in the back of the van. So uh, they get back to the house and they realize he has like a, a faulty lock. But so she's changed and she runs into the house. So now she's just like in the house. So they hide in like a pantry closet and they make more of the antidote and then after they they make it which sam suggests that like bridget should inject herself first which i think that she should have also like make double the dose inject herself but either way so they have one dose that they've made and then sam is immediately attacked and she's taken him away and then bridget has to go through the house trying to uh, find really either of them i suppose she's just following like a lot of blood there's so much blood in the house and when you see ginger she is now a full-on werewolf yeah it is now yeah there's no pretty girl left in in this uh werewolf transformation it's just giant wolf thing dog like yeah (laughs) yeah just full-on full-on werewolf and actually um Catherine Isabel didn't even film it. It was like a man in yeah. the in the costume. So, um, yeah. So she ends up finding Sam, who isn't dead yet. He, but he he looks really close. Um, and there's just a bunch of blood around him. And so she tries she tries to have this this kind of like bonding uh, moment, and tries to drink the blood off the floor with her sister. Yeah. Because the sisters who drink blood together. Uh, <laughs> but Bridget can't do it. And Bridget starts to throw up. And so Ginger gets upset. And she kills Sam. And uh, so she's chasing uh, Bridget throughout the house. And Bridget had lost the antidote at one point, And then she gets it again. But since Ginger's coming after her, she has like the antidote in one hand. And she just has a knife in the other hand. And Ginger charges her. And you realize that she has stabbed Ginger with the the knife. Ginger's dying on the floor, you know, and you're seeing all these photos of them of them together. Yeah. And it's sad. And so Bridget goes and just kind of lays on top of Ginger as she dies. Werewolf um, Ginger. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's um that's how it ends. <laughs> so and yet there were there were two sequels to this. There were. Um, I have you seen the sequels? I think I've seen Ginger Snaps 
two. I don't think mm -hmm. I saw Ginger Snaps back. I should probably watch um, all of them again because it's going to be a really long time. I'm pretty sure I saw two and like part of three on like sci-fi channel or something like that than like on cable at one point um yeah i know she's like uh in a like a mental mental institution in two mm -hmm. and then three is i think like i'm not sure what's happening they, in like, three. it's like they go back in time like, yeah they're back in time i don't know if it's meant to be like totally different people because it's them it's the same actresses yeah i i don't know <laughs> like i only saw part of it so it's it's kind of difficult yeah, they're um, they're fighting werewolves in olden times and yeah. <laughs> snaps back. But yeah, the second one, Bridget is now in a rehab clinic. She did yeah. not cure herself, so she's like taking she's like taking the antidote to kind of like keep it at bay. I guess it's not an antidote, but she's taking something to kind of like keep her from from turning mm -hmm. and they think that she's an addict. So, uh. she gets thrown in um to a facility and weirdly like in Bailey Downs, um like that <laughs> hospital is also in Orphan Black. Like John oh. John Fawcett, who directed the first one, he's the co-creator of Orphan Black. And so that hospital, which also has Tatiana Maslany in it in the in the right. sequel. Yeah. <laughs> There's that little uh connection <laughs> connection there. But yeah, so that is Ginger Snaps. So Jennifer's Body, uh starring Megan Fox and Amanda Seyfried, written by Diablo Cody. And uh, directed by Karen Kusama. I'm going to say Kusama. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah, I think it's Kusama, Karen Kusama, yeah. Okay. We uh, open with like a couple of flash forwards, actually. We start off outside of Jennifer's house and sort of zoom in like Evil Dead style to her window. And, and then we get a, a cut to the inside and we see that it's uh, Amanda Seyfried's character, Needy, uh, on the outside. Um, and then... Uh, and it's sort of like scary. What she's what's she gonna do? <laughs> and uh, then we flash to Amanda Seyfried is in like a correctional facility. Uh, she's uh, got some anger issues, I'd say. She like kicks an orderly and ends up in uh, solitary confinement. They start playing this music that she hates, um, which uh, kind of reminded me actually of uh, Sam Neill and uh, in the Mouth of Madness, yes. which also starts with him in. <laughs> A, uh, a mental, mental institution they yeah. start playing um we've only just begun i think is the song that he yeah. made but <laughs> uh so then she's gonna give us the situation how she ended up here what's going on um and we flash back and she is from this town called devil's kettle great name yeah <laughs> and it's called that because they have like this uh natural like uh pit like like a, a i don't i don't know what the the, the correct like geo i don't know term yeah it's like a, a water term. a waterfall and then there's like a hole that the water goes into yeah and it's like it's like a bottomless pit like nobody knows <laughs> uh where it ends up we're introduced to amanda safer who plays needy who's kind of like a dorky um, which is probably the biggest ask that this movie has that we're supposed to believe that amanda Seyfried is the is the nerdy friend uh-huh um, <laughs> But, you know, they've given her glasses and she's got her hair tied in like a, a you know, a half ponytail that makes the top of her head look very flat. So, so dorky. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and her best friend is Jennifer, played by Megan Fox. We, we see them uh, at school. Jennifer's in like the color guard and she uh, 
is waving a flag and uh, Amanda Seyfried is like waving to her. A girl calls them gay <laughs> because she's waving to her best friend at that point. There's a lot of uh, like homoerotic subtext in this movie mm-hmm. and in the last movie, actually, weirdly because they were sisters um, yeah. <laughs> in Ginger Snaps. But there's, there's that point where like Ginger talks about how they're barely, they're barely even related anymore because she's so much of a werewolf. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so point one for... <laughs> yeah. Yes. For similarities. Um, also, like, hot girl and, like, we have, a, like, a follower and, yes. you know, yeah, so... We have... Well, in the, in, the, in the next scene, um, Jennifer is asking Needy to go with her to a bar that night because she wants to see this indie band that's called Low, Low Shoulder um, because she thinks that the, the lead singer is hot and... Um, Needy has uh, had made plans with her boyfriend, um, Chip, uh, already, but because Jennifer kind of, you know, guilts her into <laughs> into it, she decides to go with Jennifer anyway. Yeah, she says cross out Needy, and she does like this big yes. X like with her hands, um, yes. which comes becomes like a thing in the film. But there's also, producer Ryan pointed out when we watched it, when she's thrown into that cell in the mental facility, there's a mm-hmm. giant X on like across the entire bottom oh, of that there cell. Is. So yeah. X's, X's come back. Um, <laughs> can we talk about Chip for a second? Yes. Okay, so Johnny Simmons. Mm-hmm. Um, young Neil. <laughs> young Neil has a very Young Neil moment in this movie. The first time he, he like gets to talk because Needy is getting ready to go um, out with Jennifer to, to this bar. Yeah. And saying that, you know, like, oh, it's like, who is Jennifer stalking? And she's stalking the lead singer. And it's like, you know, girls like her, they don't date the drummer. And he's like, thanks a lot. And it's like, oh, well, you know, she'd probably make a section. Uh, sorry, an exception if it was like a, a drummer who was also a lead singer. And he says, like, Phil Collins. And she's like, who's Phil Collins? He's like, forget it. He's seminal, but whatever. So his young Neil moment. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. So yeah, she's uh, she's she and Jennifer are going out. There's this moment when Jennifer's arrived to pick her up, and they're like, she's like giving uh, them a hard time about uh, you know if they were having sex before she got there, and uh, they start like sort of play shoving each other, and then Jennifer shoves her like really hard yeah. up against the door, and you kind of see her just like shake it off and leave. But like that's the dynamic that we're yeah. dealing mm-hmm. with. There. Yeah. So do they go to this bar? Uh, we get surprise Chris Bratt. Chris, Chris Pratt appearance. God, his name is hard to say. <laughs> <laughs> He's basically just there to establish that Jennifer uh, has been sleeping with a, a police cadet. Um. <laughs> yeah, she's also, she was hit on by this other guy at the yes. at the bar, a fellow student um, who she doesn't really have any have any interest in um so but a lot all the guys are, are into her i feel like is really the the message yes. that we're supposed to get and we had a diablo cody cameo in there at the at the bar it is very quick oh i um, missed it <laughs> yeah she just she like plays i don't know if she's like a waitress in the bar but if you go it's almost like the first person that you see um like is her at the at the bar but very very quick uh then we're introduced to the band including lead singer uh adam brody um who is uh, so delightfully hilariously scuzzy um, 
He's just terrible, but he's so charmingly terrible. <laughs> yeah, he's he's great in the way that he just says terrible things, but he just throws them off. I have uh, several of his lines uh, written down. Oh, great. <laughs> yeah. Um, and an OC reunion because Chris Pratt was on the OC with Adam Brody. They were oh, both on the OC together. Yeah. I didn't actually watch that oh. show, but yeah, good good to know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they. Um, Jennifer introduces herself. She's kind of does the like, uh, you know, flirty, like ditzy girl act uh, with him and uh, offers to buy him uh, some drinks. And, um, and then as she heads off, she she and Needy both head off. But Needy sort of goes around the corner so she can still overhear. They talk about how, uh, you know, they should use her, Jennifer, because they're pretty sure that she's a virgin. Needy overhears this and then gets upset and comes up to them and says that, you know, you know, she is a virgin and that, that beats sleeping with guys like you. So now they're really under the impression that Jennifer is a virgin. Um, <laughs> let's just have that established right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so then uh, the band starts playing. There's a really nice moment where, uh, like, Jennifer takes Needy's hand and she seems so pleased. And then as Jennifer's watching the band, she's sort of, seems to almost get hypnotized by the music that's playing. Um, and this is all the, fir the first time we hear the song, Low Shoulders song, Through the Trees, I believe is what mm -hmm. it's called. Yeah. Um, which you will hear several times throughout um, yes. the movie and is annoyingly catchy. But <laughs> <laughs> And the song from the beginning. <laughs> yes. As they're playing, the uh, bar catching catches on fire and like, not just a little fire, it, like, gets bad very quickly. Yeah. Like, the whole place just goes up in flames. People are stampeding to get out and, like, walking over people uh, and, like, crushing them. Uh, Needy grabs Jennifer, who's still, like, out of it. Like, she's been hypnotized and uh, drags her to the bathroom um, where they get out through a window in the bathroom. Um, and then outside, <laughs> Adam Brody approaches them with a drink in hand. <laughs> saying words like he's very concerned but it's like yeah. not even fully looking at like i feel like it's like he can't even hold eye contact but yeah, yeah. He's, he's his words are, are ones of concern but his demeanor is one of like he does not give a shit yeah. about what's happening right now and the bar is just going up in flames people are are, are like running around on fire behind them yeah <laughs> and he suggests that they go with him in his van yeah van ding <laughs> do you want to head someplace safer like my van yeah <laughs> And Needy is suggesting that they get in their own car and go home, but Jennifer decides to go with him because, again, she's, like, in this, like, weird state of uh, hypnosis or something. Jennifer goes with them in the van, and uh, Needy, who seems to clearly know that this is a very bad thing but doesn't know how to stop it from happening, just watches. Which I, I enjoy that moment because I feel like that's, like as as a horrific moment that's something that a lot of women probably relate to <laughs> is like watching a friend of yours leave and not knowing if you should have let them leave with like some random guy that they just met or something like that yeah because it seems dangerous but also jennifer like very clearly wants to go and yeah. she's you know not super nice about it when she's talking to needy like she wants to go and she doesn't want needy to stop her from going yeah so so Needy gets back home. She calls Chip. 
the first thing that she mentions is that Jennifer <laughs> has gone <laughs> off with these guys. Yeah. And then she, also the bar <laughs> burned down and a lot of people died. Yeah. Um, but she wants to go and search for Jennifer. Chip kind of rightly points out that, like, a lot worse happened that night than Jennifer going off with uh, some guys in their van. But then uh, there's a uh, ring at the doorbell. And so Needy heads down uh, to see who it is. And um, when she opens the door, there's nobody there. But there's a spooky shadow. (laughs) (laughs) So she goes back inside and she finds Jennifer in her kitchen. And she is just like covered in blood. There's blood everywhere. (laughs) Mm -hmm. She does not seem well. Jennifer goes to her fridge and just throws a chicken that she finds in there on the ground and starts eating it with her hands. I mean, we Um, all love rotisserie chicken. Yeah. (laughs) It's a Boston market chicken. (laughs) (laughs) According to Needy. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And then she spews like black goo all over the floor Mm -hmm. in the kitchen, like projectile vomiting. And it's not just black goo. It also is like, Needy's looking very close at it and it like spikes up like there's weird like needles in yeah, the uh-huh. black goo. Yeah. Very evil looking. Yeah. Anyway. So then Jennifer almost attacks her, asks her if she's scared, but then leaves before doing anything. Um Yeah, she kinda like she gets like very close to her. And again, it's kind of like a seduction sort of thing. She kind of yeah. feels her up on her way. Like it's it's a, it's a sexual slash murder sort of like line that yes. kind of, yeah. They're both of these movies, so love. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the next day, everybody's talking about um, the uh, the whole fire thing and how many people died. Um, I think, what did they say, eight, eight nine eight people? people? Eight people died, yeah. Needy's in class and she's kind of catatonic and then Jennifer walks up and she's fine and everything's good and she doesn't know why Needy is freaking out uh, so much. And, and as far as uh, as anyone can tell, Jennifer is absolutely fine, um, although she's a little bit uh, perturbed by how much attention people are giving to all the people that died in the fire. Then we get A.K. Um, Simmons is their teacher. I just gotta mention that. It's also a fun role for him because it's not yeah. it's not a normal role. He uh, he's very sweet, mm-hmm. and he has like a midwestern accent um, and a hook for a hand. Yes, <laughs> for no apparent reason. No. I guess he doesn't need a really need a reason. He's just a teacher with a, a hook for a hand. Yeah. And then oh, we get. Um, to meet Needy's friend Colin, who is um, just basically a goth guy. <laughs> Cassidy Casablancas. <laughs> yes. <laughs> who Casey and I know from Veronica Mars. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He uh, just expresses his concern for Needy. He's glad that she didn't die in the fire. Chip is a little, clearly a little bit, uh, what's the word I'm, I'm looking for? He's not really jealous, but he's just kind of, you Aware. know, he wants to make sure. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> maybe a little bit threatened by yeah. the, the deep goth guy who's friendly with his girlfriend. Then we get, oh, so Jennifer approaches this, um, like, jock guy, this football guy out on the field. And it, it's a really nice moment because you see her sort of approaching him from his left, from in the distance. But then we get a close-up of him, and she uh, 
enters the frame from the right, <laughs> which was just a nice little like, uh, you know, changing your your expectations and, yeah. and kind of like not like a jump scare way, but just kind of like oh I, I wasn't expecting that and it's unnerving kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> she basically seduces him, takes him out into uh, the woods to have sex, ostensibly to have sex. <laughs> yeah, he he thinks yeah yes, um, and uh, ends up eating him basically <laughs> yeah i like that as he's screaming it cuts to jk simmons in, in like the parking lot and he's just like let it out kids like he just thinks they're just in so much pain from what's happened to their town yeah and this is it's a very heather's moment i feel like because uh jk simmons is sort of there's there's like a teacher in heather's who is um uh, you know, always trying to get the kids to like express themselves and have like healthy grieving and stuff like that. And I feel like J.K. Simmons is kind of in that yeah. role in this movie. Oh, so at this point, Jennifer is just eaten, um, and she's feeling great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we get the sexy slow mo walk again. <laughs> <laughs> she walks through the hallway of the high school, looking great, mm-hmm. feeling great. Because uh, she just ate a boy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> time is passing. People are sort of starting to heal from all of the death that's happening. And Jennifer starts looking uh, a lot worse. <laughs> yeah. Um, and as Needy says, she looks bad for, for Jennifer. She's got, you know, limp hair and, like, circles under her eyes and stuff like that. Um, so, you know, Needy asks her about it and she says that she's just... Uh, it, it's just wearing off. She's not quite sure what she's talking about there. While they're talking about it, Colin uh, comes up and asks Jennifer out, Colin, the goth boy. And at first she turns him down. Uh, and then uh, Needy convinces her to, to give Colin a shot. Oh, Needy. <laughs> yeah, Needy kind of like likes him or like thinks he's a good guy. And so it's like, yeah. oh, well, if Needy thinks, yeah. If Needy thinks that, then... Um. Which it, and keeping in mind that Jennifer is agreeing to go on this date because she is planning to murder him, um, so you know there's a little bit of uh, she, she's she's not doing this in order to do something good for Needy. She now knows that Needy likes this guy and has decided to kill him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so she agrees. Um, Colin uh, is a. Uh, going to uh, meet Jennifer at a uh, address that she texted him. At the same time, we're seeing Needy and Chip um, together uh, having sex for the first time, it seems like, and it's sort of cutting in between what's happening with them and uh, Jennifer's date. And theirs is very, you know, it's very cute and sweet and, like, giggly. And <laughs> And then Colin shows up to meet Jennifer at this abandoned house, and okay um. <laughs> okay so now i i think like within the film it seems weird because we are aware that it is all danger and so it's yes. like why would you go to this house but putting like thinking about teenagers it's like when you're a teenager you can't have sex at home you're gonna go yeah. and hang out with your like an abandoned house probably seems like a great idea like that <laughs> you have found this address where there's nobody at and like we can be alone i think probably seems totally normal and not as many red flags would be going off for a teenage boy when a girl wants sure. to be alone with him as like in the film that there should be. Um, yes. Yeah. 
Very true. So Chip and Needy are having sex, and then Jennifer and uh, Colin have started to kind of have sex before she then just <laughs> attacks him and like breaks his arm and uh she she apparently needs him to be scared not it's not like enough for him to die it seems like she says she says i need you hopeless um so she's i guess also feeding off of like his like energy or life essence or something like yeah. that we don't know the specifics but yeah she she takes her time eviscerating him <laughs> yeah and while this is happening, uh, we see Needy is having, like, visions, like, flashes of uh, Jennifer uh, and, like, blood and, uh, and like, dead bodies. And they're, she's somehow connected to all this happening. Um, and it's very disturbing. Um, <laughs> there's a great shot of Megan Fox just sort of sitting in, like, with like <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Are you talking about when she like has her hands and she's like pulling, like yes. bringing them up to her face, like she's just drinking out of a pond, but instead <laughs> she's drinking out of Colin. That reminded me of uh, I think it's the commentary for Shaun of the Dead. Edgar Wright is talking about how like there's there's a shot where of like all these young girls like eating like young zombie girls like eating a uh, a guy and they were so dainty. Yeah, <laughs> 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 to be like, no, you're zombies. <laughs> So that made me think to ginger snaps when they're both like drinking blood together. Yes. That it's just like, oh, you have to just drink blood off of the ground. Like you just can't. Okay. But um. yes. At this point, uh, Needy's freaked out. She gets in the car to go home and she like runs into, almost runs over really. Yeah. Uh, Jennifer on the way, who's like, again, uh, covered in blood because she just ate a boy. Um. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, she makes it back home. She uh, gets in her bed. And then, surprise, surprise, Jennifer's already there. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then we have a, sort of a seduction scene between Jennifer and Needy, um, where, you know, Jennifer's trying to, like, get her to let her stay. And she's like, oh, you know, we always sleep uh, in the same bed when we have slumber parties. And they, like, start making out. And then, like, partway through it, Needy kind of, like, snaps out of it. Um, <laughs> yeah, and is freaked out by the whole thing. Yeah, but she's still there, and uh, this is when we get the backstory about what happened to Jennifer that night when she went with the band um, in their van, in their creepy van. Yeah, and uh, it seems like she's she was kind of out of it, but she started to snap out of it as they're driving along in the van. Um, and once again, the band is worrying about whether or not she's a virgin. This is the one thing that I'm like, as a girl, I feel like is weird that both her and Needy think telling the guys that she is a virgin will make them not want to rape her. Basically, yeah, yeah. I think that's a weird choice. Yeah, yeah. I feel like any woman would have like the especially because it's pretty clear from the way that they're talking that they do want her because she's a virgin. Like, just just tell them that you're not. I don't know. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> Nitpick. Yeah. They get to uh, right outside the actual, like, devil's kettle, the, like, whirlpool thing, whatever. They tie Jennifer up, and they're going to do, like, a ritual sacrifice to uh, get uh, Satan to help their band become, like, popular. Um. <laughs> yes. Which, like, in, in our present timeline, because this is a flashback, 
the band yeah. is now popular and their yes. song through the trees is like the official song of like this thing that happened and like they're yeah so yeah they've yeah. gotten they've gotten credit for like saving people's lives in the fire and so they're like they're they're stars on the rise yes um so they're they're <laughs> It's actually a pretty funny scene and terrifying, which maybe makes it more terrifying that, like, <laughs> Adam Brody is just, like, so matter-of-fact about how they need to sacrifice her in order to... Um, but Adam Brody is being just so matter-of-fact about how there's just no way for an indie band to make it these days unless they have a deal with the devil, basically. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, I wrote that I wrote that down. Because he, he's, like, trying to convince one of the guys in his band first. Because, like, the other guy's like, like, not... You know, he doesn't know if he's, like, into it. And he's like, do you want to be a big loser or do you want to be rich and awesome? Like that guy from Maroon 5. <laughs> yeah. and, then, and then the guy's like, Maroon 5. And then he turns to the other bandmates and he's just like, he mouths. He's like, what the fuck? Like, what is wrong with this guy? Like, this guy has something wrong with him. But then he was like talking about the indie bands. And so he's like talking to Jennifer. He's like, do you know how hard it is to make it as an indie band these days? There's so many of us and we're all so cute. And it's like, if you don't get on Letterman... Or some soundtrack, you're screwed, okay? <laughs> Satan is our only hope. <laughs> yeah, it's a great scene. Yeah. Um, and then uh, they recite their little ritual and like, and also credit to Megan Fox, who is just like crying and pleading and just looks so hopeless and just yeah. terrified throughout mm-hmm. all of the scene. Um, and right before, right, he like brings the knife up and right before he brings it down, he stops and then he starts reciting the lyrics <laughs> for six seven five three oh nine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, as they enter the chorus, he stabs her yeah. uh, to to what should be her death, but is not because uh, clearly she's still uh, kind of alive. Yeah, she's not a virgin. Yeah, because she's not a virgin. Relays all this to needy needy and she and she says and she uh explains to her you know the whole thing if she after she kills someone or eats a boy basically mm-hmm. um she's super strong she can like heal she like cuts her arm and it just closes back up but uh needy is still like clearly freaked out about it and so um jennifer leaves and again with like the homoerotic subtext at that at one point jennifer says we can play boyfriend girlfriend like we used to um <laughs> Uh, we've got a spring formal coming up, and Chip is very excited about it. He wants to go with Needy, um, and she is full-on freaking out by now. She's done her research at the library in the occult section, and she's figured out what happened, that because Jennifer was not a virgin when they this ritual, she's now uh, basically a succubus type of demon. Um, and uh, so she doesn't want Chip to go to the dance. She's sure that Jennifer's going to choose her next victim at the dance, and she doesn't want Chip to there. And Chip is uh, basically thinks that she's kind of crazy because he's a bad boyfriend. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> now I guess I guess it's it's a lot to ask, but um, he uh, decides not to listen to her basically and uh, goes to the dance anyway. Low shoulder, by the way, are, are also going to be performing uh, at the dance because they're crass and terrible. <laughs> <laughs> We decided to return to the scene of the crime. Yes. Um, Needy <laughs> uh, goes to the dance, and in theory, she wants to save uh, Jennifer. And I do want to point out that Needy's outfit for the 
feels very incongruous with the rest of this movie. Like, it's like she's suddenly in Napoleon Dynamite. It's like big poofy sleeves and like super big hair. Yeah, as if, <laughs> and the, yeah, as if it was like 80s themed, but she was the only yeah. one that participated. Yeah, I guess because <laughs> did they not want to make her hot? Like, I feel like she gets to make it's like, is she going to be too hot if they have her like properly? Maybe, maybe that was it. Maybe they were just like, how do we dress up Amanda Seyfried in a way that doesn't make her, you know, clearly, clearly gorgeous? Yes. Yeah. I guess that would be difficult to do. Yeah. Um, but I feel like you just put her in like a plain dress and let, let her keep her glasses on. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, Needy's at the dance trying to look out for Jennifer. Jennifer's not there. And then we see Chip walking to the to the dance and uh, Jennifer is uh, behind him and she's decided to go after Chip. Uh, so she meets up with him. She tells him that Needy was cheating on him with Colin before Colin died. He believes her <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> I feel like that and or because they kind of broke up when Needy was like, I don't think it's good for us to be together right now because it's dangerous. Um, So he feels like he can go off with Jennifer now. Yeah. So they start making out and then Jennifer leads him to like an abandoned gymnasium, I think is what it is. There's a pool. Yeah. There. Uh, At this point, I feel like. Chip kind of deserves what he has coming <laughs> because it's, he's acting very stupid. <laughs> like he has a warning from from Needy, and like he, she's evil. She kills boys, and you're just gonna follow her. Okay. Yeah. Chip. <laughs> yeah. Then we uh, Needy realizes that Jennifer has gone after Chip, uh, and so she. Uh, starts running to to try to find him. I'm guessing back to his place. On the way, she finds uh, the corsage that um, he had bought for her. Mm-hmm. Um, and she realizes that they're in the gymnasium. Uh, as she enters, uh, Jennifer is attacking in in the midst of, like, eating Chip in, yeah. in the pool. Um, then he's, like, he's pale. He's, like, clearly lost a lot of blood. Yeah. Um, uh, Needy goes after her. And uh, <laughs> a manages to get between them. Chip gets her his pepper spray, <laughs> which his mother had given yeah. him. Um, and Needy manages to uh, to spray Jennifer in the face with it. Um, and they get out of the pool. And Jennifer is, just as Jennifer is uh, fixing to attack again, uh, Chip manages to, like, impale her on a on a some sort of pole. I, I don't know. I it think is. it might be, like, the pool skimmer. Okay. <laughs> But because she's just eaten, um, she's still super strong. So just she just kind of pulls it out of her stomach. But she's weakened, and so so she leaves. There, there is one like mo- there's one moment. So like after she's been like pepper sprayed, like Needy sprays her in the face. Yes. And she's upset, and so she just kind of like shoots straight oh, up yes. <laughs> out of the water. And Chip is like, she can fly. And Needy says, she's just hovering. It's not that impressive. <laughs> And Jennifer goes, God, do you have to undermine everything that I do? <laughs> I really enjoyed that. Yes, it's a great moment. Yeah. Needy tries to call for help because Chip is not doing so hot, but uh, the phone's not working and he's lost too much blood and so Chip dies. Um, so once again, the, the guy that uh, the nerdy girl was cared about has been killed by yeah. the, uh-huh. <laughs> her, uh, her monster sister. So then 
Needy's done. We uh, come back on uh, the scene uh, from the beginning where Jennifer's lying in bed. And uh, Needy is outside. And Needy breaks into her room um, and uh, attacks her with a, a box cutter. <laughs> At one point, she says, cross out Jennifer and crosses an X on yes. her stomach. Yeah. And then Jennifer, like, tries to get her off by, like, she, like levitating them both up uh, off the bed. Um, and uh, as that's happening, Needy sees the, the BFF necklace that Jennifer is wearing and, like, grabs it and rips it off of her. And uh, I guess this is uh, so, like, such a betrayal to Jennifer <laughs> <laughs> that it kind of startles her anyway. Um, and so they fall back down onto the bed and as they do so, uh, Needy stabs her uh, in the heart and we get the great line where Jennifer says, my tit. Yeah. <laughs> because that's what's important. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, immediately after that, Jennifer's mother comes in <laughs> and sees that Needy has just stabbed her daughter yeah. to death. And uh, Needy rolls over and sort of looks over at Jennifer's lifeless body. And it's, it's, it's pretty sad. It's the same, you know, uh, once again with Ginger Snaps, you, you know, they've had to, they had to kill uh, this person who was uh, actually meant a lot to them. And it's, yeah. and it's kind of uh, moving. Uh, and then we go to uh, Needy, who's back in uh, the, uh, the correctional facility and in solitary confinement. And... Um, we learned through her voiceover that uh, because uh, while she was trying to kill Jennifer, Jennifer uh, bit her, clawed her? Bit her, yeah. I think she bit her, right? Um, that she got some of uh, Jennifer's, like, demonic powers. So she uh, levitates up to the window at the top of her solitary confinement cell and kicks her way out. All in bunny Sorry. slippers. I really enjoy when she's like known as a kicker in the beginning, and then later she's she's in these bunny slippers. Yes. <laughs> um, she makes her way out of the correctional facility. She hitches a ride from uh, Lance Henriksen, um, <laughs> and uh, she says she's gonna uh, go see this band that's playing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, and then we get. Um, a little montage over the closing credits of uh, Low Shoulder's demise at the hands of Needy, basically. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So we get more murder photos. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's great. You start the you can start this marathon with photo murder photos over the opening credits and then end with murder photos over the ending credits. Yes. Yeah. So then, yeah, she's killed the whole band and then uh, Adam Brody has been stabbed with his sacrificing knife that he used at the beginning. <laughs> And that's Jennifer's body. Yay! I so, I enjoyed this movie. Yeah, <laughs> it's a lot of fun. But to be like just to just to sum up, we've got the nerdy girl. We've yes. got the the sort of alpha popular hot girl that they are you know have a, a sort of uh, a bond um, a, a a very codependent bond with yeah. Um, and uh, we have. The guy that uh, has bonded with the nerdy girl that the uh, more popular one is sort of jealous of slash doesn't like um, Mm -hmm. who they end up killing. An ongoing theme of like uh, sexual violence uh, happening where the woman is the aggressor. (laughs) The the seduce and kill. Yeah. Yeah. The seduce and kill nerdy girl ending up uh, having to 
kill her more popular uh, alpha friend. Yeah. Slash sister. Yeah, the person, um, yeah, someone that she loved. I guess the person that she probably loves the most, really. I would probably say that Needy yeah. loves Jennifer more than Chip. Or I guess it'd be a real struggle for her to have to, to pick one. She certainly chooses Jennifer over over Chip in, like, yeah. you know, everyday things. So, yeah. And I will say, I, I feel like this, that I, I remember the, the this movie was marketed with, um, you know, that, that makeout scene between Jennifer and Needy. Um, was kind of heavily <laughs> involved in the marketing. And I think it was kind of dismissed as being a little, like, exploitative. Um, but I do think within the context of the movie, I think it works. I think it's pretty heavily implied that Needy has maybe romantic feelings for Jennifer. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, that aren't necessarily reciprocated. But I, I feel like that it's sort of, it's Jennifer recognizing that in Needy and sort of trying to manipulate her through that. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. Um, oh, we also have the hot girl walk. The hot girl walk. Oh, the hot in, girl walk. In both of them, we obviously have murder photos. Uh, yes. We have blood drinking. Mm-hmm. Um, Just a lot. And I, yeah. I I, tried to look to see if uh, Diablo Cody ever mentioned, um, you know, ginger snaps, if uh, she was inspired by it or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But they, they, she never talks about it. Somebody at one point explicitly asked her about ginger snaps oh. if it was an influence on huh. the movie but um she well they they asked her about ginger snaps and heathers at the same time okay. All and right. she addressed she addresses heathers and never talks about ginger snaps okay so i don't know if she never saw it maybe and it's all just coincidental uh you know yeah. parallels it's interesting i feel like you know the only thing is that i feel like if i had been like the writer of ginger snaps and then jennifer's body comes along like nine years later with like a, a real budget and like stars attached and stuff. And it's with all these similarities, I would probably be a little too dumb. <laughs> <laughs> be like, uh, I made that movie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you know, makes for a great double feature. It, it really does. Yeah. Um, should we talk about menu? Oh menu yes. Items? So we have, well, do you want to go first? Uh, yeah, so for ginger snaps, I I haven't made them yet, um, but uh, because I went to the store and then realized what I wanted to make, and currently in coronavirus times, I can't just keep going to the store to yeah. to buy everything. Um, but what I want to make are little severed finger cookies, um, mm. so they would look like uh, Trina's fingers that she that she lost that you could that you could eat. So um, I will eventually make those. I did also see online someone had made. A little werewolf paw cookie, making just a, a, a round sugar cookie and then just uh, using a frosting tip to make it look like fur. And then they use little cashews as the claws to go off of it, which I thought was like a neat idea since cashews are curved. Um, but I think oh, it yeah. would be good like for the photos, like the food photos to make them kind of look like one of the death photos to make them look sort of like a crime scene, I feel like would be fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and then within the movie, we have what I think is strawberry shortcake. Do you think it's strawberry shortcake that she pre- presents to her when she, like, becomes a woman that's, like, her favorite oh. dessert? It's tough because it looks almost like a bunt cake, like, angel food cake that has, mm. like, strawberries on it. And then we have cookies and milk that they eat yeah. while they have to talk about what a man wants. And then um, they're, they're having dinner in one of the scenes. It's not the first mm-hmm. scene where they have dinner, but, like, the, the later scene um, – there's a giant ham on the table 
that for the four of them and then at the end it cuts to the dad and he's eating chicken and then off to the side there is a second <laughs> bird there is a chicken on the table as well and it's like you have two large like things of meat on this table and I was like oh so there's chicken in both movies because the dad was eating chicken there yeah. and then we have our rotisserie floor chicken uh later <laughs> but yes so my plan is to make severed finger cookies to go along with the uh, ginger snaps yeah for jennifer's body we have well for drinks there's like when she goes to get drinks from the bar there are like these very crass <laughs> like um uh, inappropriate but uh these like freedom tower shots that she gets they're like red white and blue layered shots um which seem disgusting but if you're looking for a drink <laughs> yeah there's technically one in the in the movie that you could use um we have uh yeah she eats the uh the rotisserie chicken, the, the Boston Market chicken out of the fridge. Um, uh, Jen, or Needy makes a, what looks like a fried bologna sandwich at one point. Yeah. Which, you know, everybody loves a fried bologna sandwich. I've never had one. They're delicious. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I also thought it would be fun to make, like, some sort of dessert with uh, chocolate syrup because I think, you know, like the... Uh, the black goo, basically, the cheap projectile oh, yeah. vomits. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure they actually used chocolate syrup in one of the scenes, uh, uh, Megan Fox said, um, <laughs> when, she, when she's throwing up the, the black goo. So, yeah, you could use that um, if you just want to have an excuse for, like, an ice cream sundae or something like that. Or maybe, you know, make it with as a like a dipping sauce for your finger cookies. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> they, could, uh, they could go together. I... I wrote down, because when they're at the the dance, J.K. Simmons, he mentions, like, for for the students that um, they have pecan sandies and cran grape uh, right. that they can have. And then at the very beginning, um, when she's in the mental facility, uh, the person that comes over and is, like, trying to help her is talking to her about her nutrition. And right. she talks about, like, that she shouldn't, she should eat something more than than toastums, and she likes toastums, and she freaks out and she kicks her. And so I had to look up what a toastum. I meant to do that. Yeah, what is a toastum? So it is it is very much like a pop tart. It, it's essentially okay. a pop tart. It's just a different brand of pop tart. And so they make you know strawberry or cherry. You know, like yeah, you could have a strawberry or cherry pop tart, or if you can get your hand on on some toastums. I've just never seen toastums before, but um, yeah. Or you could make your own because you've made maybe pop tarts didn't want to be. Uh associated with jennifer's body so they had to go with the, the <laughs> so but yes you can make your own uh claire and uh at a bon appetit has a <laughs> a homemade pop tarts recipe that's true you also made a giant one didn't you i did giant one nerd so our our theme uh for our next podcast is better to be a bridesmaid so ah, yes have to Tune in to hear what we have chosen for Better to Be a Bridesmaid. You can follow us uh, on Instagram at movie underscore matchup and Grace. And uh, you can uh, see some of our recipes on also on Instagram at sugarednerd or at sugarednerd.com. Um, thanks for joining us. Nice. Yay. Thank you. <laughs>